Hey guys, this is Maggie from Rock Candy with a short message from me and Ashley. This was a difficult episode to listen to, even for me as I was editing it, and that's my second time hearing it. Gigi Allen was the embodiment of a toxic, maniacal personality set loose in society that encouraged his behavior. It's our job to make jokes and laugh about it all, but suicide and sexual assault are things we take very seriously. If you need someone to talk to or have been the victim of sexual assault, please know there are people available to help you. Please take a peek at the show notes for more information on getting help. And please always know that we're here for you. moral dilemma this week because normally I like to go in not totally blind on an episode I'm like okay maybe I should do a little research uh, maybe I should watch one video no or at least I will listen to the music yeah so I didn't do any like actual research I didn't watch any videos or anything but I did listen to the music of Mr. Allen <laughs> and I felt like that told me the, all uh, I needed to know the quote unquote music, music. <laughs> yeah um questions yeah that I don't think I want the answers yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't so much call him a musician as um I would I like the 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 description he gave himself which was rock and roll terrorist which I think that is a very very apropos description coming of Mr. Gigi Allen yeah coming in not even knowing his story just hearing some of his music I'm like accurate yeah quite accurate and especially more appropriate as you go through his life. So, yeah. Oh. It's going to be a fun episode, guys. Welcome to Rock <laughs> Candy, where the true horror lies in body mutilation. It does. Yeah. And a lot of other things, too, that we're going to get into. Ooh. And boy, hold on to your fucking diapers, babies. Because, like. We're all babies. Like, this uh, isn't even an insult. Like, it's I not. am a baby. She's a. We're all babies. <laughs> You're all babies. I'm a baby. She's a baby. We're all fucking babies. We are not ready for this shit. I don't feel ready for this shit. I need. I really wanted to get one of those clickers so that I could count how many times we had to stop so you could be like, wait, what? Oh, Wait, God. what? What? Maybe this yeah. is a drink-along episode. Guys, grab your beers or whatever you like, your yeah. waters, whatever you want. Chug it anytime Maggie's like, wait, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm I mean, sorry. excuse me. Wait, hold on. What? We already had that <laughs> last night when you texted me that picture. And I'm like, yeah. What? And you're yeah. like, don't look it up. I just want to send it <laughs> I to just you. want you to look at it. I don't want you to do any research into it. I want full like unsolicited reaction when I tell you about it. Oh, you're gonna get it. This is all yeah. very pure, honest reaction. <laughs> yeah, because we're guys. We're talking about Gigi Allen, and I'm sure you probably don't know who the fuck he is. Or but if you do, I imagine you're like, whoa. If you do, then you know what you're in for, <laughs> and you're probably okay with it. Yes. So yes, yeah. See, we're kicking off Spooptober. I am embracing the love and magic of October. But why not kick it off with the weirdest, most disgusting and depraved 
human being that has ever graced a stage. Sure. <laughs> I'm nervous. Yeah. And uh, by the way, I'm Maggie. I'm Ashley. Yeah. Look, we're we're trying, guys. We're trying to futz with new formats. We're making it work. We're trying to spice it up a little bit. And still trying to bring you on a journey every oh, episode. Oh, my God. I mean, I'm excited about this journey. You know, I'm also just like, let me tell you, doing a three-parter burns you out a bit. So I was like, I don't feel like doing any research this week. I'll yeah, do it next so week. This is a good, like, mindless kind of episode. Is I it suppose. mindless or is it going to keep me up at night? Maybe. Maybe. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm not. No, I am. That's a lie. I'm yeah. totally here for this. And honest, or yeah, do the do the beer first and then I'll, I'll say my piece. Yes. So I guess something else that could also keep me up at night because like I'm getting too old to drink like this <laughs> is from 18th Street Wooey Villain. It's a DIPA. It's a DDP. No, it's just a DIPA, but I always want to call DIPA's DDP. Yeah. And uh, it's fine. It's got a spoopy can. It's cool. The man looks villainous. And there's kind of like blood stuff on it. which Blood is, stuff. Which is appropriate for Gigi Allen. So. Yeah. Boy. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, it's it's a perfectly, like, if you like IPAs, that's fine. Yeah. I was trying not to get an IPA, but it's like everything is a fucking IPA. It's stout season, people. Did you not get the memo? We may also be supplementing in a stout that is quite delicious. We might be. Because so. I know I know what my girl likes. She likes her stouts. It's stout season. So if I'm giving you an IPA that I'm going to shove in your face... <laughs> I better give you a delicious 12% stout as well. Oh, my God. I'm going to be crizzy crunk. (laughs) Meanwhile, give yourself- I think you might already be. I'm not crizzy crunk. I'm just regular type. Just regular drunky drunk. Yeah. It's good times. (laughs) Yes. So before we get into this fucking ridiculous story, I, for the first time, I think ever Mm -hmm. in our entire, the entire time we've- been doing this podcast i need to give people a serious trigger warning oh if you have a problem with abuse cults um sexual assaults um serial killers shit piss blood any of that probably semen semen like don't listen beyond this point for serious Oh, God. Because it's going to get real. It's going to get real bad. I feel like I'm on a real adult episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) With, like, the crazy killer clown at the center of the story. Yeah. You would like to submit for the Midnight Society. (laughs) Gigi Allen. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Here he is, guys. Guess what? This is true crime. It ain't fake. Oh, God. Which is even worse. As you become an adult, you realize that's true, way worse. True life is like way worse than way any scarier. any horror movie John Carpenter could have come up with. Right? He's like, look at this scary man with a mask, and you're like, that's cool. No, wait. Oh yeah, because Halloween. <laughs> I was thinking the thing too, and but it confused like, myself. It's like it. That's cool, but like, do you know this serial killer? Have like, you? I don't know my neighbors. I'll fucking trust them. Right. <laughs> I'm looking at you, neighbors. Looking at all my. I'm sure they're lovely. But also, I don't trust you. But anyway, now that we have that out of the way, yes, let's get into some bullshit. Yeah, if you're still here, buckle That's up. Good for you. This is 
what did I call Gigi Allen? <laughs> he was like the better buckle the, the fuck no, up. No, he was the king of um, he was the king of BTFU. Buckle the fuck buckle, up, king of buckle the fuck up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, buckle the fuck up, kids. Let's go. <laughs> All right. When you get right down to it, punk's main theology was rebellion. Of course. Eventually, some of those punks realized that the best way to rebel was to go straight, suit up, and hit the corporate market and create chaos from the inside. Oh, yeah. But some said, fuck that, and none said it louder than Gigi Allen. He is unique, vile, violently vulgar, and completely fascinating. (laughs) He is the personification of a fatal train wreck that you can't stop rubbernecking over. He was the most disgusting punk rock musician to ever live, taking punk to extremes that made SLC punk and train spotting look like a day at a daycare facility. What? It's true that Gigi's childhood was traumatic, but everything in his childhood that he tried to run away from, he would single handedly manifest in himself in adulthood. So let's start off with what exactly happened in his childhood that would create the insanity that was Gigi Allen as an adult. Chapter one. What the fuck happened to Gigi Allen? (laughs) Chapter two is going to be, what the fuck's still going on with Gigi Allen? (laughs) Turn tape over for chapter three. Chapter three. Just what the fuck? (laughs) Chapter four. Fuck. (laughs) Chapter five. I'm fucking done. Fuck. (laughs) Chapter six. Crickets. No one's here anymore. He was born on August 29th, 1956, and grew up in Groveton, New Hampshire. Groveton is a really small town of only around 1,100 people, located two hours east of Burlington on the Vermont border. It was in the middle of the White Mountain National Forest, so it was a pretty secluded area and very New England small towny. Okay, I'm I'm already there. (laughs) I went to school in North Adams. I know exactly what you're telling me. We all know what this is (laughs) yep Gigi's father Merle Colby Allen Sr. worked at a local paper mill and his mother Arlita was a housewife taking care of Gigi and his older brother Merle Jr. who were only who were born only one year apart the two were close growing up and they had to be in order to survive their tyrannical father oh great we got another rad dad oh he's the raddest of dads oh no he was an extremely religious man believing that Jesus visited him right before Gigi's birth. Because of that, he named his second son Jesus Jesus Christ Allen. Oh, so his real name is Jesus his Christ? His real name is Jesus Christ Allen. Is Christ the middle name, or is it like a Jesus Christ is his full first name? There's, there's no hyphen, so I'm assuming Christ is his middle name. Okay. <laughs> is Christ Jesus' last name? I don't know. <laughs> I have so many questions now. I think... I believe his name was just Jesus, and then his followers called him Christ, because that was a Latin name of some fucking ilk. I don't know. Sure, whatever. I don't know. I don't know, Jesus. This is why I don't celebrate Christmas anymore, because I don't know. Yeah, and who cares? Yeah. He got his nickname Gigi because Merle Jr. couldn't pronounce Jesus. He would just keep saying Gigi instead of Jesus, which became Gigi. In an essay titled First Ten Years, Gigi wrote that he grew up in a secluded log cabin and that existence was, quote, primitive, antisocial, and unbearably claustrophobic. He was also constantly sick with asthma, which he obviously wasn't being treated for, and living in a rundown cabin in the woods made 
him constantly fighting just to breathe. I mean, that kid has allergies all the fucking time because he has asthma. <laughs> yeah. And he lives in the forest. Kids like tortured. What are you doing to this kid? On top of this, Merle Sr. was seriously mentally ill and took it out on his family. Rad. He kept them in near seclusion in their log cabin, which didn't have electricity, a phone, or running water. And contact with the outside world was prohibited, and Merle didn't even allow any talking in the house after sunset. I mean, his first problem is that his name is Merle. <laughs> it always <laughs> reminds me of Daryl's brother in The Walking Dead. Oh, that's, that's right. Oh, that the shitbag. The shitbag Merle, which... Apparently, everybody named Merle is a shitbag. I mean, so. hey, I do not want to malign any listener named Merle. You know also, what? If you are a Merle and you're not a shitbag, write into us. I kind of go back and forth on Merle Jr. too because, like, he said some shit where I'm like, fuck you, man. And then other times, like, he's just, like, a cool dude. <laughs> so it's really hard to figure out Merle fucking Jr. I assume anyone in the Allen family is hard to figure out. Merle also has really amazing facial hair, but also at the same time, he went a really long time with a Hitler mustache. So, Ooh. yeah, like, see what I mean? Like now, current day, present day, he has great facial hair, but back in the 80s, he had a Hitler stash. So, like, this was this was like the high point of the episode, wasn't it? Like, we're not going to we're not getting any better than this. We're not getting any better than this. Sorry to say. All right. Live up to that uh, current day awesome facial hair. <laughs> We're all striving for current day facial, current day awesome, awesome facial, facial hair. hair. But we're maybe not going to get there. I don't know. All right. When there's another bad moment, I'll be like, hey, but like, think about really nice facial hair. <laughs> Just well quaffed, okay. oiled yeah, nicely. That's, that's going to come up in a little bit. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. Okay. So Merle Sr. refused to let the boys partake in any fun kid activities. If they brought home a toy or anything that brought them some kind of joy, Merle Sr. would rip it away from them and bury, in the, bury it in the woods out back. Hey, Dad, I brought home this stick. I named it Jackson. We're friends now. I feel like they would just find like a dead rat in the woods and put it on a stick and be like, this is fun. This is our toy. And then Merle Sr. would just just rip it it away. Like light it on fire and send it careening into a ditch. Yo, I hope they weren't living near a pet cemetery. Because I don't want to be buried. That's what the rat's saying. Cemetery. Okay. Now that that's out of the way. You're welcome. And Gigi claimed that they were more like prisoners than a family. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. Arlita and her sons were subjected to physical and mental abuse from Merle Sr. on a daily basis. He frequently forced his family to watch him dig graves in their basement, promising to kill Arlita and the boys, bury them in the plots, and then kill himself. Yeah. Thought it couldn't get worse, huh? So I just want you to picture like a really nice ginger beer, right? <laughs> and like this guy has clearly spent money on this beer. Yeah. It's very long. And he clearly just put some nice, nice some oils, nice in, oils it. in it. And you kind of smells delightful. Shove your face into it. And you're like, oh my God, this is what it smells like to fuck a lumberjack. <laughs> smells like cedar and sandalwood. Mm, yeah. Mm. But yeah, Merle Sr.'s mental state was somewhere between homicidal maniac and abusive cult leader. 
Is it weird that I feel like that's one of the most egregious things I've heard a f- person do to his family? Yeah. I mean, ab- above, like, murder and rape. Like, that's... Oh. It's not high above... Nope, don't even tell me. You're oh. going to tell me, aren't you? Oh, he, he certainly rapes Arlita. Rad. Definitely. Super cool. So glad. Kill him. <laughs> can can we, he get hit by, like, a him? tree bus or something? Like <laughs> Tree bus? What is a tree bus? <laughs> I don't know. It's a bus made out of trees. <laughs> like The ants got together, built a bus... Hit I want G. G. Him, Allen's dad with it. I want him to have some kind of like final destination death. Yeah, he knows it's happening. Yeah, yeah, like maybe he's dodged it a couple times, but that's just gonna make it worse. It's just gonna make it worse. Yeah. Obviously, with no friends or any way of contacting the outside world, it was difficult for Arlita to leave. But that doesn't mean she didn't try. When Gigi was only a few years old, she attempted to escape with her two boys. And somehow the plot was thwarted and Merle Sr. kidnapped Gigi. Something about she told Merle Sr. for some reason that she was leaving and she was taking the boys. And he just took the kids, had a gun, and like threatened to either kill the kids or to kill her. I'm not really sure. Death was threatened. Death was threatened with a gun. She eventually relented. And he raped her and basically, like, terrorized them into staying. That's, Jesus Christ, that's disgusting. And I'm I'm not entirely sure, but he might have raped her in front of the kids. I'm not entirely Look, sure. Look, I'm not going to put it past him. I wouldn't either, especially if they lived in, like, a two-room log cabin. This is literally the most fucking terrifying thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Like, you live in a secluded log cabin with this fucking maniac, and you can't fucking get away from him. Can't contact anyone. You have no friends. You have no way of getting out. What the Jesus. fuck are you supposed to do? He's the only one that had a car that could drive it, and she was pretty young at this point. I think she was only, like, 20 when oh, she had geez. her kids. She's just a kid. Yeah. Oh. So. Fucking Merle Sr., I, he doesn't even get to be called a rad dad. He's just the fucking piece of shit worse. He's a scumbag dad. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. But Arlita had another chance to leave when Gigi was five years old, and this time it was successful. Good. While Merle Sr. was working at a paper mill, she quickly packed up anything she could get her hands on, grabbed Gigi and Merle Jr., and got the fuck out of there. Good. She stayed at her mom's house for as long as she could, and then five years later, Arlita remarried, and the family settled in East St. Johnsbury, Vermont, which wasn't all that far away from Groveton. I was going to say, that sounds like one of those real rural Vermont places. But considering how reclusive Merle Sr. was, he probably wasn't all that interested in searching for his kids. That's... Wait, so she just left? Yeah. And, like, he didn't hunt them down? Nope. Nope. Because he didn't want to leave. He did not want to leave his log cabin. He was a recluse and a hermit. Oh, my God. Like, there's so much about that, too, that's almost kind of just as frustrating. Because you hear that and think, so could I have just snuck out at any time and he wouldn't have been chased? Because that would have been my big fear is, like, what if he finds me? Right. Because usually they do try and fucking hunt you down. Oh, my God. But because he was so reclusive, he just was like, all right. That's it. I don't have to deal with these people. Fire to the cabin. Like, fuck this guy. I want him to get his fucking due. Yeah. They just. He's a fucking monster. They just never talk to him ever again. 
And he never came in and looked for them. I don't even know how to fucking react to this. <laughs> yep. Just gets more fucked up from here. In what I assume is an attempt to purge her family of the memory of her abusive ex-husband, Arlita legally changed Gigi's name from Jesus Christ to Kevin Michael in 1962. But Gigi stayed because that's when Merle called him. Oh, that's really okay. Oh, here we go. Little bright that's spot. Kinda that's kind of cute. cute. Oh, that's okay. Cute. I have to say, like, Merle and Gigi's dedication to each other was probably the only thing that kept them alive as long as they were alive. Okay. I buy it. Yeah. Gigi had already started his first year of school, and it was obvious that he was being mocked for his name. And Arlita was trying to do the right thing by changing it, but it didn't work. Gigi continued to be subjected to horrible bullying in school. You want to know why? Because kids are the worst. Kids are awful, guys. Kids are the real nightmare. Kids are shitbags. Just skin sacks full of shit. That's all they are. Our views don't actually reflect the views of Rock Candy Podcast. I'm sure your child is fine. Your kid is fine. I'm sure your kid's The rest great. of them are garbage. If your kid's not, if you're not listening to us, your kid is garbage. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, Gigi hated school. He was not a good student and was put in special education classes and then had to repeat the third grade. And he was a total outcast throughout all of school. But the one thing he loved was music. He loved the classics like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones when he was younger, and that grew into a love of the flashier bands. Ooh, flashier. Flashy. Like Rush? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really likes those uh, keyboard progressions. But it was the British invasion bands that first inspired him to pick up some sticks and play drums. He formed his first band with Merle, who played bass, when they were in high school. It was called Little Sisters Date, and they played covers of more traditional metal bands like Black Sabbath and Alice Cooper. Nice, nice. Those are the flashier bands. They are. Like, Alice Cooper <laughs> Alice alone. Cooper, definitely. Yeah. He's got enough flash for everybody. In 10th grade, Gigi was inspired by the New York Dolls and started going to school in drag, which left him open to further ridicule. All right, like, so far... I'm really on Gigi's side. You're on Gigi's I'm side, yeah. So here for him, I would have been front his friend in high school. Like, oh, you're just in drag. That's totally I cool. Mean, Good for you. In high school, he was a fucking pissant. He was like the little piece of shit in your small town New England town that caused all the trouble. Like they were misfits and troublemakers. Like, selling drugs and committing petty crimes, like, breaking into houses and breaking into cars and, like, stealing shit and basically terrorizing their small town. Good for them. But they were just little punks. Like, yeah. they had no other outlet. They were, there was nothing else to do. Right. Like, I grew up in a small town, too. You know what we did from, like, October through February? We drove around and my friend would, like, run out of a car real quick <laughs> And topple people's Christmas decorations, <laughs> run back into the car, and we'd speed off. That's what you did when you lived in a small-ass fucking town. Yeah. So people either ignored them or absolutely hated them, but Gigi and Merle seemed to embrace it. They didn't give a shit about what people thought of them. They considered their peers to be redneck bumpkins, so why would they give a shit what they have to say? I mean... They're not wrong. And Gigi knew he was not destined to be a lawyer or a Wall Street broker, and he didn't even want to go to college. He just wanted to be in a band, so why did he give a fuck? 
Good for you, Gigi. So far, still here for him. So far. <laughs> What's going to change that? So when he graduated Concord High School in 1975, he immersed himself deep into the underground punk scene as much as he could, considering he was so far away from Boston or New York City. And inspired by the confrontational style of Iggy Pop and the dark macabre of Alice Cooper, he formed the band Malpractice with a couple local friends and again with Merle on bass. And Gigi was still behind the drums at this point and stayed a drummer through his next band, Strip Search. I like that the names are getting progressively funnier and funnier. They go. You don't even know. Okay. I'm waiting for cock ring. <laughs> I mean, close. But hold on. Woo. Wait. Just, all right. All right. We're getting ahead of ourselves here. Yep. It wouldn't be until 1977 when he would become a frontman heading up a punk band called The Jabbers through 1984. But by 1978, Gigi had married Sandra Farrow, and the two relocated to Manchester, New Hampshire, which was an actual metropolitan area. Yeah. So the band gained a pretty decent following. They even recorded an album called Always Was, Is, and Always Shall Be, which was released in 1980. Good, good. Things are going great. Mm, They're going Things are going nice. He got married. It's banned. They're in a big city. They're getting some notice. Yeah, but like, okay. So one of the documentaries that I watched for this was called Gigi Allen All in the Family. Oh, God. And it follows Merle and their mother, Arlita. Um, well, in the last couple of years, I think it was filmed in like 2017. Oh, shit. And like dealing with like still dealing with the fallout of his death and everything like that. Um but the videos that they show from this era, I mean, he's not, he's not just this dude doing a, making a punk band, you know, he's all over the place and hmm. very like bug eyed kind of, I'm not really here kind of mental state, you know Ooh. what I mean? And <laughs> It's kind of funny because um, his whole persona at that point was some weird mix of like punk and hair metal. Okay. And his his onstage style was just to basically flail all over the place like he's having a seizure. But he's also wearing like a denim jacket, really skinny jeans and has kind of big hair and aviators. It's so <laughs> weird. I can't put you in anything i can't can't put a finger on you i can't and then like he just gets increasingly more profane and vulgar as time goes by right so yeah he somehow ends up marrying somebody oh i don't really know (laughs) how that happened but he found someone who was like yeah i want to lock this down yeah this is what i'm here for this crazy fucking weirdo i need to have that man in my life all the time. <laughs> I want that insanity all the time. 24. 24. 7. 3. 65. Yeah, that's my man. That's him. All right. Here let's, for it. Let's do this. During his time with the Jabbers, something switched in Gigi's brain. And I don't really know how else to describe it. But becoming a frontman brought out the absolute worst in him. Oh. His behavior from here on out would define him as a person and not in a good way. How old was he at this point? 
So he was born in 56, so he was around 22. Okay. <laughs> when a lot of mental illness starts to really yep. show. Yep. Is okay. when men are in their younger 20s. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just wanted and to. And he already has a history of mental illness in the male side of his family. Yep. And he has childhood trauma. Yeah. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> just just putting this in. I'm just going to put that put, right it, here. This is a little duck. We're putting it in a row and we'll continue to put these little ducks. I'm going to put the uh, mental illness in the family <laughs> right behind childhood trauma mm-hmm. right behind. He's in his early 20s now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You do that. I'm gonna. So for starters, he began numerous affairs with underage girls. What? Drink. 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 (laughs) Yeah, we're a half hour in. It took you a little minute to get here. Slow build, man. All right. Even though he was married until 1985, Gigi began an affair with a teenager named Tracy Denault somewhere in the mid 80s. And I'm not sure of her exact age, but she was definitely underage. And she definitely got pregnant with Gigi's <gasps> baby. Pregnant? Pregnant. And pregnante. <laughs> All three? <laughs> All three of them. And their baby was born on March of 1986. And Gigi would continue to pretty much exclusively date teenage girls after this. Also, just like. Went see ya when his daughter was about three years old. Yeah. Didn't didn't really want to have a kid, so he was just like, all right, you're on your own. Bye. This episode isn't great for the audio medium because it's just going to be all facial expressions. Are we going to have to do a whole, like, list of Steve Harvey facial expressions again? I think we might. Because, like, what? Like, what? Like, like underage is like the thing I fucking like cannot 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 yeah and that's pretty much all he was into for the rest of his life great I'm just gonna drink you all have to drink with me now Mm -hmm. around the same time Gigi took a hard turn into heroin town zero days without heroin heroin incident (laughs) and he was also addicted to alcohol because of course I mean whatever at this point I'm like Like, whatever okay (laughs) Though <laughs> is that this is the least be, of his problems I right think now. That might be really telling of me as a person. <laughs> like, yes. We've been doing this podcast too long, where we're like alcohol problem, pff, whatever. Now I feel like uh, the guys in Half Baked was like, "You're addicted to marijuana. You ever smoke dick for marijuana? <laughs> no, no, <Boo> this man. <laughs> it's like I feel that way about alcohol. Like, oh, you're addicted to I'm no." Drugs and alcohol are very much real addictions. People really have very much. But at the same time, if his only problem was alcohol, we would be like, "Well, call us when you have a heroin addiction." I mean, honestly, at this point, like we have just heard it all. Yeah, exactly. I think after this episode, after this episode, nothing will surprise us. I don't know if I'm ready for that. (laughs) So yeah, he was well on his way to heroin town. Though heroin was his drug of choice, he would do pretty much any drug you put in front of him, the harder the better. Oh, you don't say. Because after you do heroin, like, what's next? I mean, I guess at this point it's fentanyl, but, yeah. like, eh? I guess. Yeah, I don't, I'm not very well versed in the world of hard drugs, but. <laughs> really? I would never <laughs> guess, Maggie. It's really just, like, pot and alcohol. I'm like, well, I know what those are like, and, and that's At this great. point, it's like. 
just edibles. Yeah, right. Like just like yo, Saturday night, I'm just gonna pop an edible. Like, like I don't Castlevania. Even, don't what? even want to smoke me. it because it's gonna make everything smell weird. Right, and then like it's I I don't want to cough that much. It's rony time. Yeah, and like, if you can just like eat a peach ring or a sour patch kid right? and and get high off yeah, it, just do that. Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. Why isn't this shit just legal? <laughs> What the fuck? The drug and alcohol problems would be bad enough for anyone, but yes. some serious mental health issues were starting to show up too. Surprise, surprise. Ooh, no way. I'm not going to play armchair psychologist and try to guess what was wrong with him, but it was clear that his behavior was not normal. Let's just say that schizophrenia rears its ugly head, mostly in males in their early 20s. Also bipolar, though. True. I was just gonna. I was just gonna hit the bipolar scene oh, and well, say, I went "Hey, to schizophrenia." I'm like, I'm not gonna shoot straight to schizophrenia, but at least bipolar. Yeah, I went. I'm sorry, I went hard on the schizophrenia, but I mean, he went hard on the drugs. So here and we are. There we go. He became violent and argumentative and impossible to work with, and his onstage antics devolved into disgusting acts of depravity. He was so confrontational towards the audience that he would accost and abuse anyone near him, sexually assault his female fans, strip <gasps> naked and cut himself, smash his own face in with his microphone and perform with blood rushing from his face, and then shove the microphone up his ass. And he would do anything he could to offend the audience. He put the microphone <laughs> in his entire butthole? Yeah. It like just, yep, right up there, as far as it could go. <laughs> I'm so uncomfortable. You were like, physically squirming. I know that that was the first thing I addressed. The first thing I should address is like, what do you mean he would sexually assault yeah. his female? Fa- like, would he just get naked? And be like, here's my dick, and slap him in the face with his dick. He would like force them to f- perform oral sex on him on stage. Yes, covered in blood. Yeah. What? I told you it was going to get worse. What? Yeah. Drink drink your entire I, drink right I, now. Wh- who let this happen? Why would a venue be like, yeah, this is fine. I'm going to let this oh, go. The venues did not know. Right. At this point, the venues didn't know. How? He's having a woman perform fellatio on him on stage. Because it's New England. It's smaller towns, and it's punk shows that only, like, ten people show up to. So, one one basement show will get shut down, but nobody's going to be like, oh, my God, let, let me let me alert, let me light the beacons of Minas Tirith and tell everyone about this naked man who's assaulting people. <laughs> Yo, those beacons are lit. That means we need to cancel Gigi Allen. <laughs> yeah, like, the, the beacons were not being lit. It was not, like, that that i don't know networky of a place i guess i mean it was the 80s but like yeah and also how are you going to alert people that much in the 80s i just (sighs) i'm sorry i'm really upset about this like yeah well buckle up no get worse what the fuck how can it get worse (laughs) oh my god there was very little separating on stage gg and real life gg His bandmates couldn't handle it anymore, and the Jabbers disbanded in 1984. So this is just him with his band, the Jabbers. This isn't even just like his. This isn't just Gigi Allen. This is 
the jabbers. So his bandmates were like, yeah, it's cool that you force forcefully sexually assault women on the stage. It's fine. They were like, yeah, this is pretty fucking punk But then rock. he stuck that microphone up his <laughs> anus and they're like, yo, man, that's gay. <laughs> I fucking hate everyone. <laughs> I think it was more that like, he was becoming so self-absorbed that they were like, we can't fucking work with you anymore. I'm sorry, so that's, that's that's where you That the was the line, yes. Fuck them. Fuck all those motherfuckers. Fuck the venue. Fuck the jabbers. Fuck all of them. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Did not think you would. But still, he continued to front bands like Cedar Street Sluts, The Scum Fucks, and Texas Nazis. And was routinely banned from venues. Because his name was the Texas Nazis? No, because he would do the fucking shit he does on stage and the venue would be like, oh no. I'm sorry, what did you expect from a band called The The Scum Scum Fucks? I don't know. (sighs) I'm assuming that they probably didn't anticipate anyone in The Scum Fucks putting anything up their butts. (laughs) Okay. I, I wouldn't. I would be like, yo, show me your MySpace first. In 1984, jabbers are like, what's MySpace? You'll learn. What is internet? You'll learn. (laughs) His offensive antics ensured their shows only lasted two or three songs. He would climb pipes and rafters, grab drinks from people and dump them over their heads, flip tables over, yada, yada, yada. He even received the nickname the Madman of Manchester after a particularly shocking show around that time. Why was it so shocking? Because at this point, I don't know what else you could do. He just like up the ante like tenfold, I guess. Did he stick two microphones up his butt? Maybe. Maybe he shoved the drumsticks up his butt. Maybe he took somebody's like finger be, and shoved it up his butt. I feel there like those are, would both be easier than the microphone. Because like probably. that microphone is so big. And it has a cord attached to it. Maybe like a guitar head? That oh, would hurt. Oh, oh no. Yeah, yeah the fret. Like putting a cactus up your butt. It is. Let's just talk about all the things he could have put up his butt. <laughs> For two hours. For I'm fine with that because that's still better than probably what you're going to tell me next. Yeah. God Des- damn it. Despite the fact that he had a daughter, he should have been taken care of. Gigi spent most of his time on the road. He did manage to record and release albums under his own name and with the various bands he played with. Most notably, Eat My Fuck in 1984. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that album name did make me giggle. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and You'll Never Tame Me with the Scum Fucks in 1985. It's interesting to note that on You'll Never Tame Me, Gigi covers two Hank Williams songs, hmm. Women I've Never Had and Family Tradition, which I actually think is a Hank the Second song. Yeah, Hank um, Williams Jr. Yes. However, in true Gigi Allen style, he renamed the songs Fuck Women I've Never Had and scumfuck tradition. And Gigi was actually a huge fan of Hank Williams and idolized him in a lot of ways. I could see that. He saw the two of them as kindred spirits. They were both alcoholics, loners, <sighs> toured relentlessly, and were basically musical nomads. And I'm pretty sure that they both abused people. Cool. So, yeah. It's weird. It's almost like white men get away with abuse very easily. <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah. 
But here's my question. So they see him at these live performances being a fucking maniac and no one stops and says, I think something might actually mentally be wrong with this man. Maybe we should do something about it. I don't think so because I think a lot of people thought that this was just an act. This I'm was sorry. just he something he did on stage. When you stick things up your butt and forcefully rape somebody on stage, that's not an act. Yeah. That no that becomes officially Okay, you know what? Yeah, Ozzy Osbourne ate the head off a bat on stage. You know what? Not great. Don't love it. He's not raping women on stage. He has not raped a woman. Raped a woman. Raped anybody. I can't understand why people are just like, so Merle is in his life this whole time. Merle at this point is not in his life. Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm like, how does his family like watch all this? Like, no, this is fine. So after Gigi moved to Manchester, Merle went his own way. He started a band called The Thrills, which were actually pretty decently successful. He opened for like the Ramones and U2 and stuff like that. Oh, nice. Um, And he he got married. He was kind of living a straight life that he didn't really want to be living. Oh, no. (laughs) Eventually, Merle came back and joined up with Gigi later, but he was doing this whole like mid-level success rock band merle we were all rooting for you why did you go we back we have Gigi? never talked to a another boy punk, in a band we've like never this. talked to a punk rocker like this why did you go back to your brother? we were rooting for you we were all rooting for you but eventually he came back but yeah cool so yeah he Gigi had kind of a a, a big obsession with hank williams and he even expressed a lot of interest in writing country music and eventually released two acoustic country albums. Yeah. I mean, country? Quote unquote, as country as Gigi can get. I mean, it was country-esque, but who they're not going to play that on 107.7. <laughs> yeah, not not exactly. It is some... Uh... Spicy music. And he changed the lyrics a lot of the time. Oh, yeah. To... Um, Make them quite more offensive. More offensive than country music could possibly be. You know what? Hold up, though. That might actually make me like country music more. Maybe. Maybe if it wasn't Gigi Allen <laughs> singing it and it was somebody else but being real profane I think about the it. chicks should just cover all the Gigi Allen songs that are country songs. God help me if that ever happens. I would die happy. Yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't the country music that was getting him banned from venues. Oh, you don't say. His brutal onstage antics and appallingly gross songs were the culprit. But no one was ready for how truly disgusting Gigi was about to get. (sighs) Buckle up, buckaroos. Click, click. After the Texas Nazis broke up in 1985, Gigi decided to go solo. He continued his abusive performances, but one show in Peoria, Illinois in 1985 brought his actual shit to a new level because this was the first time he defecated on stage. Like, why? No, you know what? Here's the thing. I feel like he's escalating improperly. He's escalating out of order. <laughs> Defecating at a stage 
Should have been before he stuck things up his butt, which should have been before he raped someone on stage. Yeah. Like, he should have stood shit on stage years ago. It's kind I'm of- sorry, when is that? Why is this? Like, you're like, <laughs> you know what? It's going to really blow people's minds if I shit on- I'm sorry. Like, you can shit on stage. I don't really care. Everything else you've done, I don't really care. Yeah. Honestly, I have been to a show where the where somebody has shit on stage. What? And I was like- no, this is gross. I'm just going to go up to the balcony and not deal with this. Yeah. But if that person came down into the audience and started like trying to sexually assault a woman, I would have climbed over the audience and yeah. started beating the shit out of him. Seriously. And got him kicked out. That like, would have been my... I'm sorry. That's where I draw the line. You know what? Shitting on stage, gross, but like whatever. Okay, I'll yeah. just deal with it. Yeah. But he wasn't just shitting on stage. Oh, God. According to a fellow musician named Bloody Mess, which <laughs> okay. is appropriate, I guess. No, all right. Gigi bought X Lax to ensure he actually could shit on command. Okay. The problem was that he ingested the X Lax hours before the show, so he had to hold it in all day. And he let it loose during their first song, and the audience went fucking berserk trying to get out of the music hall. <laughs> That's kind of funny, actually. <laughs> After that, shitting on stage became a regular thing. And did then, he, did he find? Did he finagle the correct timeline in which to take mm-hmm, the X lax? Mm-hmm. But then he began to slurp it up and <gasps> spit it all over oh, the audience. Oh my god! Why? What? Yeah. He would roll around in it, throw it at people, spit it at I'm people. Sorry. Nope. At this point, you stop him and say, "What are? You? Look at your choices. Look at your look life. Your life. Look, look at, at your choices. choices. We're gonna take you to like I don't know a rehab center. I don't know. I don't mental, even know wh- where do you take somebody that is spitting shit on people. A mental institution. Yeah. There is absolutely." I'm sorry. I don't care how artsy you are. I don't care how fucking performance art you are. Nope. Shit is just off the table. and shit off Off the the table. table. Yeah. Yep. I agree with that. Yeah. He would also do the same thing with vomit. And just when you think Gigi's shows couldn't get more disgusting, he always proves you wrong. Oh, no. (laughs) No. (laughs) We're having a break right now. (laughs) It's okay. Take a breather. The only way he was supporting himself was through his own album sales and touring. But it's difficult to tour when the cops show up to nearly every single show. He was getting arrested for assault or indecent exposure regularly, as he fucking should. Mm -hmm. And he claimed he'd been arrested 52 times. Or he'd end up in the hospital because he hurt himself so badly. And those were the only reasons he stopped touring. So he just wasn't touring anymore. I mean, he was he was constantly trying to tour. Oh, okay. So like he would like tour a bunch and then hit a wall and take a little bit of a break. Take like a few days off because he okay. was in the hospital or he would have to cancel a couple shows because he had to go to court because he was arrested for assault or like some shit like that. Weird, but okay. <laughs> Except, of course, if he was visiting serial killers in prison. That's right. Dude was biffles with John Wayne Gacy. Out of all the serious out of all of them that you could be Biffles mm-hmm. with, I'm sorry, I hate John Wayne Gacy the most. Yeah, because He's... a clowns made them scarier than they already were. They were they were unnerving. 
Yeah. That he made them scary. B, he killed children. Like, and buried them under his fucking house. Yeah. I'm sorry. And like, for what it's worth, all the serial killers, all the famous murderers, they're all fucked up. Like, Ted Bundy, I'd, I'd put him as a close second to how much I don't like yeah, John Wayne fuck Gacy. Ted Bundy. Fuck like, Ted you're Bundy. not even interesting. Like, everyone sir. thinks he is, but he's not. He's a young fucking Republican. He's a yuppie serial killer. And you know what? Shove it up your ass. Gigi Allen can shove it up your ass. I mean, I wish he, he did. But, you know, there are tons of other serial killers that are at least, like, their story is like, what? Or they at least have some ridiculous, like, stupid philosophy about life and what their purpose is on the planet john that, like, wayne gacy was just like i want to be a clown to make kids happy but also i want to murder children yeah like why john wayne gacy of all the killers of course he'd be friends with john wayne gacy of course he would <laughs> <laughs> Gigi would visit the killer clown when he was on death row at menard correctional center in illinois and apparently the two became pretty close Gacy even painted a portrait of Gigi that became the cover art to the soundtrack of the infamous documentary about Gigi called Hated, oh. which is the photo that I sent to you. Oh, my God. No wonder you told me not to look it up. Yeah. Did you not notice that in the corner pretty prominently is it says J.W. Gacy? I did not notice that. Huh? I thought you would have noticed that I was right very away. stuck on like just the way he looked. Gigi Allen. Yeah. I'm like. It was a, He's a white supremacist. But it kind of is a very good representation. Oh, I mean, it's a very okay. good painting. There are plenty I mean, of terrible people. No, it's people. not a very good painting at all. It's no, a pretty no, rudimentary right. painting. But, but it's a good representation. It is. It it captures the absolute hatred of all humanity in Gigi Allen's eyes. So the hatred isn't in reference to Gigi Allen. The hatred is the reference that Gigi Allen has to everything. Kind of both. Like, everybody hates Gigi, but Gigi hates everything else. Okay. So it goes two ways. It's a two-way street here. I like it. As Gigi's reputation grew, so did the praise from the punk world. People like Jello Biafra and Fat Mike from No Effects thought his shows were groundbreaking, despite the fact that women were getting sexually assaulted at just about every show. Gonna remember that, guys. <laughs> Gonna remember you. Men who apologize <laughs> and say, like, oh, but, like, there are... Fuck yourself. I sexual assault and shit and spitting shit on people. Don't it's not art. Don't be a rapist apologist. Yeah. Just don't. Don't do that. Don't do it. Also, in a little bit of defense of Fat Mike, he said that it was he actually fat? I think he is actually fat. Oh, okay. Like it's not just a cute. He's not PHA. <laughs> Is he like, if I call myself Fat Mike, you're not going to call me Fat Mike behind my back. If I make fun of me first, your insults can't hurt me. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. You know what? He started out as Fat Mike. Then he turned into PH Fat Mike. Oh, good for him. Good for him. Anyway, he said that it wasn't that he enjoyed Gigi's performance or his music. It was just that he was so fascinating. It was the whole train wreck thing again. Like, he didn't like what was going on. However, he didn't do anything to stop it. Um, It's just that it was like a train wreck. You can't tear your eyes away from the, like, horribleness that's happening in front of you. So it's kind of like what we're doing right now. Yeah. We're making, we're kind of 
making a spectacle of him for our own entertainment. Well, now I hate myself. <laughs> and Again. our own fascination. But, like, I needed to do that a sixth time But today. this is what Gigi wanted. He wanted people to gawk at him. He wanted people to be like, holy shit, what he's doing is absolutely insane and disgusting and I'm horrified. He wanted us plebes to be offended. Well, and guess now- what? I am a plebe and I am offended. That's yeah. fine. Because what you did was ridiculous and unneeded and but, like, really hurt people. But, like, there were people who could have stopped him. Yeah, there were plenty of people that could I mean, have like, stopped him. For what it's worth, like Fat Mike couldn't have stopped him. I mean, we were children, we couldn't have stopped him. Yeah. But like the people who were active in his life could have been like, dude, you can't fucking do this anymore. Yeah. They his bandmates could have been like, I'm not gonna fucking play with you if you're gonna be this fucking disgusting to human beings. But I think they also probably recognized some kind of mental health issue and also didn't address it when that's when you have an intervention yeah by 1988 Gigi had four studio albums and released his fifth in april of that year and naturally it was called freaks faggots drunks and junkies yep and included the requisite offensive song titles like last in line for the gangbang yeah cunt sucking cannibal yup And suck my ass, it smells. (laughs) Not gonna lie. It's kind of funny. Like, that that title made me laugh out loud. It did. (laughs) (laughs) And this album was recorded in the tranquil forests of Gigi's childhood home in New Hampshire, but you never know it. Wait, did he go to his home? He went back to New Hampshire where he grew up. Did he like ever talk to his dad again? No. According to Arlita, the only time any of them ever talked to their father again was when she called him after Gigi died and told him that, I think she told him that he died. He was supposed to come to the funeral and he never showed up. Cool. 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 Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Merle. I wouldn't expect any less from Merle. Exactly. So Gigi's vocals had turned gritty and brutal, and like most of his recordings, the quality was so bad that it was barely listenable. But this oh, yeah. Terrible. I listened to some of this album, because I was like, all right. Sure, we're doing let's this. Let's see. And, and it's so bad. And he does it on purpose. He wants the sound to be fucking horrible. I'm sorry, like... Is it just because my entire life I never understood performance art? Maybe I never liked or got performance art. I'm like, yeah. I get trying to prove a point in your art, but I have seen plenty of just visual art. I have heard plenty of songs. I've watched plenty of plays and I've understood them all. And they've all been very forthright or even like subliminal. And mm-hmm. I've understood it. You don't need to like sing in ones, twos and threes to me <laughs> to get me to understand. <laughs> you don't have to make it shitty quality to get me to understand you know what try (laughs) but like i get it you don't know how to draw but um try why am i not a fucking famous artist because i'll tell you i could have done anything i could have shit on paper and you could have used a fucking calligraphy pen and fucking drew my stick figure bullshit that's what I fucking hate about performance art. And that's what I fucking hate about, like, just conceptual art is that you're just like, oh, I just look at it and I get it. Like, no, you fucking don't. 
<laughs> the hilarious thing, it's funny you mentioned that. The hilarious thing is that um, Merle makes now currently makes money by like selling memorabilia and stuff. Oh, yeah. On like Facebook and stuff. And some of the stuff he sells is original like shit art. Great. That he draws with his own shit. You know what? Would not buy your shit. I don't want your shit art. I don't want like the shit art that you make. <laughs> sorry. I can make my sorry. own shit art because I know how to draw. I don't know how to draw, and I can still make shit art. My shit art will be more metaphorical. Like, I'll just use a marker and draw, like, an octopus uh, and a shit. fish. And I'll draw, like, a little happy poop. And everyone's <laughs> like, this is so deep. This is, like, a representation of the meaning of, like, 2020. Yeah. In a photo. In a, in a world where all we have to do is duct tape a banana to a wall and call it art. We can do anything. Honestly, you're... And that's why I fucking hate performance art and conceptual art. Yeah. Fight me. This is why I majored in medieval and renaissance art in college. you're actually an artist. Because I like actual art. Fight us. Fight me. Anyway, so please continue with this story. <laughs> now that we've gotten the fight me portion of our show out of the way. <laughs> I just have a hard time with that. I'm sorry. I know. Oh. So yeah. Freaks, faggots, drunks, and junkies. Is barely listenable, as we said, but this album would quintessentially define Gigi Allen's entire persona. And on stage, Gigi kept trying to up the ante. He was already rolling around in glass shards in his own shit and forcing people to perform oral sex on him on stage. It was only logical that the next step would be to kill himself during a show. Because why not? I'm sorry, what? What? (laughs) Drank. So he started threatening to do just that. Anyone who would listen heard how he planned to commit suicide in front of an audience on Halloween in 1989, but he would never get the chance to try it. Sometime before that Halloween day, Gigi was arrested for assaulting a woman and was charged with assault with intent to do great bodily harm less than murder. Basically, he beat and tortured a woman to the point where she could have died. I just... The the description? Yeah. Is weird? Well, here. here let, me, let me continue. Okay. He burned her with cigarettes and tortured her with a knife, apparently carving up her breasts pretty badly. Of course, Gigi denied the allegations, insisting she was a willing participant he admitted to burning her, cutting her, and drinking her blood, but said she did the same to him, so apparently that that means it's fine. But did you die, though? <laughs> did you die, though? No, I want to see the receipts. Show me the fucking receipts, yeah. Gigi. Where'd she cut you? Yeah. Show me the cuts. Where did she cut you? Where did she Where burn did she... you? Where did yep. she drink your blood? Where did she do all this shit? Show me. Where did she cut your dick up like you cut her breasts up? Oh, weird. There's no burn marks or dick cuts on you? Weird. (laughs) Imagine. So I read an account of the incident by Merle, and his take on it was 100% victim-blaming bullshit. Rad. He said Gigi's arrest was, quote, basically stemmed from some party this chick invited him and his band to and she wanted to fuck everybody in the band then when it got time to get down to what she really wanted which was for someone to treat her rough he treated her rough 
They didn't have the communication lines open. They were all drunk and it turned into a night of hell. He ended up burning parts of her body and carving her breasts, fucking her up pretty bad. She called the cops a bunch of times. They came. She would tell them to go. In the end, and this is the infuriating part, she wanted to marry Gigi. And when he said no, I guess she decided she'd get revenge and turn him in. In what world? In what world? Does any of that actually make sense? Yeah. And like, like, here's the thing. I've been hella drunk a plenty of times. I've done some weird shit when I've been hella drunk. But you know what? Never said, man, you fucked me up a lot. I hope we can get married. Yeah. That's not a thing that happens. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure Merle is garbage. So what he was basically saying was... She instigated the whole thing. She wanted to fuck everybody in the band. And which, she wanted somebody to treat her rough. Which, you know what? Here's the thing. That's all fine. That's oh, fine. A human being is more than okay to do those things. Right. But maybe she didn't think she was going to get as fucked up as Gigi Allen wanted to fuck her up. Like, maybe she just thought her vag might be real sore the next day because she go fuck everybody in the band. Right. Which is fine. Yeah. If you are all consenting adults in that, you do what you got to do. And if That's you want to do a little bit of knife play or you want to do some like t- some like masochistic bullshit. Maybe she thought she got cuts on her arms. I'm sure she didn't think that she could probably bleed to death or be like, I don't know, tortured to death. Maybe. Maybe. Also, like, don't fucking burn anyone. Yeah. Like, burning is the fuck. I've gotten some burn marks, man. You do not want to fucking get burned. And also, if she called the police multiple times, then I kind of feel like she felt like her life was in danger multiple times. And she probably called the cops and they were like, what the fuck are you doing? And intimidated her into telling the cops to leave because everything's fine. If she called the cops multiple times, that leads me to believe that she really thought her life was in danger. So, yeah, I uh, first of all, Merle, you weren't even there. Second of all, your your entire account of this was complete bullshit. Oh, no way. Mm. And I understand you're just trying to protect your brother, but I'm pretty sure the person that needs protection in this situation is the woman who was assaulted. No way. Hmm. Weird. Also... Highly doubt she wanted to fucking marry Gigi and highly doubt she was like, well, he's not going to marry me. So I'm going to pull up all these ridiculous charges because I'm a woman and that's what I do. Fuck you. Why is it every time we have to talk about a woman being wronged, it turns into victim blaming? Um, Because white men in the 80s were bad. White men are always bad. <laughs> Hashtag kind of sorry white men. Who aren't like that. But, but you know why you're categorized that way. Hashtag if you're a white man that doesn't do that, good for you. You're good. And hashtag if you're a white man that listens to us, you know we don't mean you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, I mean, if, if you're listening to us, you know we don't mean you. Yeah, right? <laughs> so please don't be offended. Interestingly, during the trial, Gigi had a psychological evaluation, Mm. and the evaluator deemed him to be of average intelligence and comfortable with himself and his alternative lifestyle. 
However, he was determined to have mixed personality disorder while exhibiting features of narcissistic, borderline, and masochistic personality disorders. Imagine that. I mean, like, I'm not actually surprised, but at the same time, it's like, so are we going to do anything about it? No. No. Great. No, we're not going to do shit about it. Fuck that. He ended up taking a plea deal that reduced the charge to felonious assault, landing him in prison from December 25th, 1989 to March 26th, 1991. Shit. So he was in jail for like two years. More like I guess a year and a half. Um, about a year and a half Yeah, you're right. You're right. He didn't kill himself while in jail either, despite continuously promising every year that he was still going to do it on Halloween. Oh, no way. <laughs> To him, killing yourself in prison would be too anticlimactic. He claimed he had to commit suicide at his peak so that his spirit would be at its strongest in the afterlife. When is your fucking peak even? You know, don't what is your peak? I don't. I don't. Because you know, I, I don't want to. I don't want to know. I mean, if you, I mean, if it's maybe like an inverted peak, so that your peak is at your lowest point, then yeah, I guess maybe prison would be that that peak. Yeah. Merle reconnected with Gigi after he was out of prison and noticed some changes in his little brother. Not only was he sober with a shaved head, but his attitude had completely changed. Also, he was not sober for long. He dove head fucking first back into heroin. Back to zero days without heroin incident. (laughs) Ow. He was somehow angrier and meaner and acquired a God complex. That actually sounds 100% accurate for anyone who has served time. Anybody coming out of prison. Yup. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He really believed people needed to worship him as the savior of rock and roll. Uh. And Merle decided Gigi needed an outlet for his aggression, so he offered his services and started a new backing band called the Murder Junkies. Great. They recruited a guy named Dino, famous for being the naked drummer. Great. But finding a guitarist was a bit trickier. They Which, en- we've never had this problem on the show. Right? Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. But they put an ad in the Village Voice, and they ended up hiring two guitarists. A talented guy named Bill Weber, and of all people, Dee Dee Ramone. I didn't get into this Uh, in my episode. Oh, boy. I didn't. I mean, I saw he had worked with Gigi Allen. This was a time in Dee Dee's life. Again, I do feel like Dee Dee does deserve his own episode because, oh, wow. And this was, I think, right after he put out his his hip hop -hop album. It was right after his hip hop album. Oh, my God. Quote, unquote. I'm sorry. Dee Dee King. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Did he hire Dee Dee King? He hired Dee Dee King. Mm, Okay. Dee Dee only lasted a few rehearsals before leaving the band, but not before a filmmaker named Todd Phillips started following the band around for the documentary Hated. There are a few choice moments with Dee Dee in the film, who reveals he had no idea what the name of the band even was. I buy that. He had no idea what he was doing. He just answered an ad in the village voice and was just like, hey, I'm Dee Dee Ramone. Hey, I'm I'm D.D. Ramone. I want to play in your band. What's this name? Murder Junkies. Oh, fuck this. I don't know about this, though. I don't know about this. 
Honestly, 100% checks for Dee Dee. He just wanted to be on camera Look, for like here's a hot the thing. second. As much of a mess as Dee Dee was, <laughs> like, I don't think he is a harm. He was a harmful human. I think once he heard what was going on, I he's mean, like, I don't need to be here for any of this. As soon as he put out that hip hop album, everyone was just like, he's, he's, n- he has no edge. He's just a lost cherub. He's just a teddy bear with no edge. Soft corners, that's it. Very soft corners. <laughs> Todd Phillips, who would go on to direct classic bro movies like Old School and the Hangover series, oh. followed Gigi and the Murder Junkies for a little while and featured a particularly brutal performance at Space at Chase in the East Village. During the show, Gigi again shit on the floor and covered himself in it, Brad. flung it at the audience, violently attacked people, and broke a woman's nose with a beer bottle. <gasps> It was the first time a wider audience would see Gigi's shows, which were contrasted with quieter, almost peaceful scenes like Gigi backstage playing a cover of Warren Zevon's Carmelita. Okay. Because sure. You know, Warren Zevon was a weird guy too. He had his demons. Yup. It also included some footage of Gigi on talk shows, which was something he started doing quite a bit in the early 90s. He appeared on Geraldo, Jerry Springer, and the Jane Whitney Show, which is one I'd never heard of before. Nope. I don't know what that is. I don't know who she is. I don't know her. His appearances on these shows were particularly noteworthy because of his behavior. He absolutely spoke and acted like a crazy cult leader. So I'm going to play for you a little clip from the Jane Whitney show, and I want you to pay attention to how he's talking. Now, I want to know, is this, you seriously mean what you're saying? Absolutely. This is not I've act. been doing this ever since I was a child. I have been, this is what you see is what you get. I do this, when I wake up tomorrow morning, I'll still smell the same way, I'll still look the same way. This is not a show, this is not an act. I am that guy. Now, do you, okay, do you honestly believe yes. that you're a charismatic figure? I believe that I am the king. I am the messiah. I rule the rock and roll. And what- I'm bringing us to a revolution against the government, against the police, against any form of society that is trying to put us down and restrict us in any way, shape, or manner. You cannot conform. You must be a true nonconformist. To hell with what your parents have to say. Okay, okay. I am the man. Okay. So all you have to do is listen to what I have to say. Okay, well, who told you you were the Messiah? I said I was. Okay. And I am because these kids, I get letters from all over the world. People worship me. They come to my shows. I'm going to rape the girls. I might rape the guys. I might have sex. I'm, I want it all. I want it all, and I'm going to have it all. Okay, let me ask Because I am everything. All right, yeah. Uh, uh, what? Yeah. Drink. Yeah. (laughs) So he's clearly acting up for an audience here, but at the same time, he truly believed a lot of what he was saying. Yeah. He's saying that his philosophy and his way of life was the only way to stay true to rock and roll. And he has control over these kids and they worship him as a god and their parents are powerless to stop them. And these are the words of a narcissistic cult leader, which is also what his dad wanted to be. He's mimicking his father's behavior to a T. It's like, there is, okay. There's so many thoughts. And There's you gotta so many thoughts. <laughs> and I have to like, okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. Jigsaw the shit together. Yes. Like, I hate this fucking guy. Right? But I do acknowledge and understand where a lot of this came from. His exactly. shit fucking scumbag dad. Exactly. And if you put 
Somebody with that kind of childhood trauma, with the mental illnesses that he has, whatever they are, throw him in jail for a year and a half. And the ridiculous thing is, is that he was sponsored by, I think, the Hell's Angels. Oh, you don't say. Get over his drug addictions. But like, what the fuck else do you think that they subjected him to while he was in jail? Yeah. Put all of that together. You're going to have somebody coming out of the penal system into the underground punk scene with a Jesus complex, especially because his name is fucking Jesus Jesus Christ. And he's going to treat his fans as his his you know harem as disciples as his disciples. Yeah. He wants to be a cult leader. Yep. Yeah, like the way he is talking is very traditional cult leader. Yeah, and uh, and I, I loved like when he's like, "I'm gonna rape everyone," and there's like a few, <laughs> a few limp claps. Should we not clap for this? Yeah, I was excited about the rape. <laughs> And that, those are the people, if he was clapping next to you, kill him. Yeah. Because <laughs> that means they're probably an incel that wants to rape people. Yeah, probably. Fight me. Yeah. Part two. <laughs> While he was in prison from 89 to 91, he wrote the G.G. Allen Manifesto. Oh, God. You already know it's going to be gold. <clears throat> this was his life's mission statement, but it essentially said the same old punk rock bullshit, along with... Things similar to what he was saying on these TV shows. Mm -hmm. He is the new religion and his followers have to worship him. Yeah. Here's a little snippet from his manifesto. Boy, is it just the height of intelligence. Boy, oh boy. It's time to fight. It's time for revenge. We need to overthrow rock and roll as as it now stands. Your support must now go to me, Gigi Allen, the commanding leader and terrorist of rock and roll. Why do you think I am in prison right now? Because they know who I am and they fear my reality. Our society wants to stop my mission. They want to brainwash you and keep you locked into MTV in their stagnating, safe worlds. It's a plot to kill rock and roll. I am the savior. That's why I am considered a threat to society. So who does that sound like? Crazy cult leader? His dad? Yeah. 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 It sounds like crazy cult leaders. Also sounds like some world leaders I might know of. Mm, you hmm. don't say. Hmm. I am the only one that you can trust. Yeah. I am the only person that you should listen to. You should follow me. Yeah. Because everything I say is true. Here's Even though the they're thing, blatant kids. lies. When someone tells you that everything I say is the only truth. It's probably not the truth. It's not the truth. It's probably bullshit you shouldn't listen to. Yeah. Mm. Fuck this guy. Yeah. And his claim that he was sleeping with 13 and 14 year old girls and boys and animals wasn't far from the truth. I don't know about the animals, but he was dating a 17 year old girl that he met when he appeared on the Jerry Springer show. Fucking stop. Like, just stop. He's like 30s, 40s. He's 35. He's 36. Okay. Gigi never reached godlike levels, at least not here on Earth, because his time here was cut short. The last show he ever played was on June 27th, 1993, at the gas station, a small club in the East Village in New York City. Mm-hmm. It started out like any other Gigi Allen show, and the venue owner cut power during the second song. Gigi then trashed the club and marched through the streets, wired on coke and on a rampage, near naked and covered in blood and shit, 
with a large party of fans following him. Wow, okay. He eventually landed at his friend Johnny Puke's apartment where he and a group of his friends. I can't imagine that's his government name. (laughs) I hope to God it is. Johnny Puke. (laughs) He landed at Johnny Puke's apartment where he and a group of friends continued to party and use drugs all night. He overdosed on a large amount of heroin in the early morning, but no one noticed until hours later. An ambulance was called, but he was pronounced dead at the scene. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Gigi was laid to rest in Littleton, New Hampshire. He wasn't preserved like corpses normally are, and his body wasn't even washed or cleaned up. Whoa! So all the blood, shit, and piss that was on him during his last show stayed on him when he was buried. I didn't know you could even do that. If you request it. Yeah. You, so I take it he requested that. He requested it. That makes sense. His bloated body was dressed in a jock strap and a leather jacket, which was his usual onstage performance wear. Yep. A bottle of Jim Beam was tucked into his coffin, and he was put in the ground six days after he died. And since his passing, Merle has been keeping Gigi's spirit alive. He has dedicated his life to making music, but also selling Gigi merch and running his Facebook page. Though both boys never spoke to their father again, they kept a close relationship with Arlita. In the documentary, Gigi Allen, All in the Family, Arlita expressed a lot of sadness about people not getting to know Kevin as opposed to Gigi. But at the same time, he didn't want people to separate the two. He didn't. Kevin was only for his mom. Yeah. That's it. And even sometimes he wouldn't even let Kevin out for his mother. Right. He wrote a lot of letters that were very rude to Arlita. Oh, as Gigi? As Gigi, basically. Like, they were coming from Kevin, but they were like, I'm going to murder you, you fucking cunt slut. So I'm going to say something. Mm-hmm. And it's not pretty. And I I don't know if I'll be proud of it. I mean, whatever. <laughs> I've had a few drinks. Glad he's dead. I don't think he actually did anything for punk rock or for music. I think this is the one time where I have absolutely zero conflict separating the artist from the art. I don't think the art was worth it. And I think the artist is garbage. I don't think... That he has contributed anything artistically. No. To any genre of music. I think he serves as a legendary character in punk rock history. And, and I that think is he it. serves as a cautionary tale. And a cautionary tale. Yeah, that's it. He's like, a character in a cautionary tale. And this that's is what it. happens when you let somebody in your band fucking do whatever they want. Yeah. This is what happens with the 80s. This is what happens when you fucking don't care. And just say, whatever, this is what Gigi does. This is what happens when you allow people to do whatever the fuck they want um, without contributing really anything to society. And then you probably get to blame it on drugs and you get to blame it on like the excesses of the American culture or whatever bullshit you want to want to blame it on. But really, it's just that like this guy had the means to make a living shitting on stage and throwing it at people. But, like, where in these 10 whatever-plus years does someone say, maybe I should stop this? Oh, nowhere? Right. Nowhere in the sexual assault 
in the shitting on stage, in the self-harm, the yeah. public self-harm, did someone say, hey, guys, maybe we shouldn't let this yeah. happen? And I think a lot of that was because it was a very small scene that encouraged each other and didn't have any sort of anybody being like, yeah, maybe pump the brakes a little bit. Right. Also... A lot of the people that went to their shows, which wasn't very many people, like we have to be honest here, like they weren't playing big shows at all and nobody knew who Gigi was when Gigi was still alive. People only knew who he was. His legend only grew after he died Mm. because because the Hated documentary came out and so many people saw it and because Merle was very instrumental in keeping his memory alive. So I don't know if you want to keep that memory alive, though, bro. But it's his brother. Of course, he's going to try and do it. And and keeping him alive through the 90s and early 2000s, of course, he's going to do that. That's where the legend grew, because we didn't have the um, sexual assault isn't cool movement. <laughs> <laughs> turns out, turns out we didn't realize yeah. until like, oh, what? The past four yeah. or five years, the sexual assault right. on women, not you know, women or men. Uh, the sexual assaults of human beings, yeah. not great. But also, and I, this is not a defense of Gigi in any way or a defense of his behavior. Mm-hmm. People that went to his shows knew what they were getting into right. most of the time. 80 to 90% of the time, they knew Except what they were getting into. for those few handfuls of women that got sexually assaulted on stage. Right. So some of the female fans would actively go up on stage to do these things with him but some probably a majority of them didn't know and didn't like they thought like and oh, didn't it'll agree be, to like it. funny and like oh yeah. you actually want he's me to just do gonna like things. slap me in the face and like kick me away from the stage or whatever no then he forces you to do sexual favors for him on stage like i'm i can't fucking comprehend that yeah. shit and like so, dating underage girls and throwing shit at people i'm like these are the things where i'm like now nah, this is a performance art and like yeah. i hate motherfuckers in performance art like no it's so deep no it's not it's garbage and it's abuse on human yeah. beings and the thing that gets me is that he spent so much time trying so hard to get away from his father and what his father did and the abuse that he dealt with as a child mm-hmm. To just grow up to be like an even worse version of his father. Yeah. That's like, well, a more national version of his father. That's crazy to me I is know. that he grew. You would think that he would try to be so far away from it, but he just actively, purposefully turned into a more crazy, violent person yeah. version of his dad. That's the crazy thing to me. It's no. like. If he even said on multiple occasions, if he wasn't doing music, he would have been a serial killer or a murderer of some kind. And I really think that that's true. I agree. Because he had all of the hallmarks of a serial killer. Yeah. Of a homicidal maniac. He could have easily done that. If this isn't what he was doing, he probably would have been murdering people. And I'm honestly surprised he didn't. Honestly, if he lived beyond that heroin overdose, he would have. Or if he just took one performance that far, just too far, he could have killed somebody. Yeah, and he would have. And he would probably would have actually been fine with it. Probably. Yeah. He probably would have justified it. 
It's for the art, man. But also what really upsets me is that Arlita is such an awesome lady. She passed away in 2019. Oh. But she seemed to be such an awesome lady that really believed that Gigi was Kevin deep down. She always knew him as Kevin, always called him Kevin, and just always wanted him to be like the sweet son and yep you know she really wanted him to be the elijah wood she knew he could be instead <laughs> he was macaulay culkin he was like worse than macaulay culkin <laughs> yeah but here and we are honestly merle has a very good relationship with arlita and or had i'm sorry she passed away mm-hmm. um and he was very good to her okay good and they together work to keep Gigi's memory alive I mean, but what memory are you keeping alive? The whole punk rock legend, man. That's where you're keeping alive. I guess. But like this whole time for 20 years, Gigi's memory has been this crazy gross dude. And people aren't really seeing that like what he was doing was supremely problematic. Yeah. Like do not celebrate Gigi Allen. (laughs) I will not listen to any of his music again. I just listened to some of it today and the other day. It's just because I was like. Well, let me get a little taste. And I was like, I don't think I like this. Oh, no. It's, it's not, not even good, good music. It's not it is even not good, good music. music. His entire legend is just his personality. And, and that's not worth his it. Antics. And that's that's not worth it. I don't think that's a good look for the punk scene. No, it's not a good look And for there's the punk not a scene. whole lot of good looks for the punk scene at this point. So right? this is just one that makes it worse. Yeah. So at this point, I'll say, you know what, punk scene? Barry Gigi Allen. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Don't don't embrace that shit. Also, worthy of note, um, people were visiting his grave so much that they were like defaming it. They were peeing on it, shitting on it, setting it on fire, all of that shit that the church that owns the cemetery he was um buried in, like took his headstone away and like locked it up because they don't want people visiting it anymore. Right? I don't want people shitting on my grave either. Oh, no. So. He wanted that. Yeah. And also on his headstone, it says rock and roll terrorist. It is great. Etched in it. I think this is like the one artist that we've covered where it's like, nah, fuck this person. Nah, he can go fuck himself. I think we finally like there's not a redeeming quality. There is not, I think, anything that he has attributed to the world of music. Yeah. This is an upsetting story. Yeah. Um, And this is our cautionary tale of... Hey, don't be garbage. And this is our first horror story of Spooktober. You know what? (laughs) Honestly, this is a legit horror story. It is. This guy is fucking gross and disgusting. Yeah. We posted this episode not to celebrate this piece of shit, but to put him out there and say, do not acknowledge him as a fucking person. Just stop. Let him go. He fucking sucks. I mean, at this point, I'm I'm just going to look at him as like the circus freak of punk rock that he turned himself into. Sure. Because times are very different than they were 20, 30 years ago. Yep. I'm not I I don't see anything that he has really contributed to rock and roll to punk in general. I think there are plenty of other bands out there that have contributed more. Yeah. That we have already discussed. Yep. Oh, so, way more. I don't So this is our tale it's an of interesting, telling you interesting cautionary tale. Don't listen to Gigi Allen. 
take that off your Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. This music isn't even good. <laughs> it's really not. So, yeah. This was just a, a way to get you to be like, wait, what? Yeah. I didn't know <laughs> shit about this guy. And now you want to know even less shit about this guy. But yep. sorry, now you know everything. Gonna have weird dreams tonight. Here we go, though. Yep. Anyway, thanks, guys, for listening. <laughs> it was a fucking ride for all of us. A long tail and a weird tail. Mm. And <sighs> I'm tired now. Yeah, you need a shower. I kind of do. Or another beer. Both. I definitely need to pee, though. You need a shower beer. Shower God, beer. I have to pee so bad. So let's wrap this shit up. Wrap that shit up. Thank you guys for listening. We love you and appreciate you. If you guys are digging what we're putting down, go visit our website, www.rockcandypodcast.com, and you'll find more episodes, and you can find all the links to our social meds. So if you guys have any suggestions, questions, comments, go ahead and uh, hit us up on those mediums. We'd appreciate that. Yeah, mediums. Mediums. And also, we would like to thank our network, the Pantheon Podcast Network. They are the one-stop shop for music podcasts. So slide on over there. Check out what's going on. And if you would like to support us monetarily, then you can go on over to Patreon and give us some of your hard-earned money. And you will get some swag and stuff in return. And boner episodes. And boner episodes. And that is patreon.com slash rockcandypodcast. Also, don't forget, we have merch. And it's pretty awesome. We got some stuff in the sweater. It's quite warm. Your hoodie. Yes, hoodie, not sweater. And it looks really nice, too. It does look nice. And I got our masks. Oh, I like our masks a lot. The masks are really nice. They're very cute. Mine is a little bit tight. But I'm going to fix that. I have a baby head, so I mine actually fits perfectly. <laughs> but they're very pretty, and they're very soft. Very pretty. So, so yeah, yeah, go get some merch on Teespring. Yeah, we'll post all that in uh, the show notes. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so next week, come on along. We've got more fun for Spooptober. Ooh, it's going to be spooky. More, more upsetting, upsetting stories. stories. <laughs> Honestly, though, We're just of- here to make you uncomfortable and... Make you upset a little and bit. give ourselves bad dreams, apparently. Yeah. As you get older, guys, dreams get worse. <laughs> and more mundane, but, but also, worse. But also, they leave you with feelings, and I don't like that. I don't like that either. Yeah. No, not at all. Anyway, so until next week, a party on Ashley. Party on Maggie. And party on your crazy kids out there.